The Fatback 3 podcast, every Monday at 4 p.m. I can't help but live in the moment Eyes lock when you talk, it's slow motion Well, your eyes, they look like the sun of the ocean You look amazing to me Sometimes it feels right, I can't help but show it Fatback 3 podcast every Monday at 4 pm. Hello and welcome to the Fatback 3 football podcast. I'm very excited today to say for the first time on the show we have a special guest, under 18's Barnsley Academy goalkeeper Kieran Flavel, who will give us a brief insight on what goes on in a top level professional academy setup. So, evening everybody. Evening. evening. Welcome, Kieran. Anyway, excited to get you on. So, Briefly, mate, first question I'm going to ask you is, uh, how's lockdown treating you? Are you keeping busy with training? Uh, what have the club been saying to you? Uh, yeah, it's been good. I've been keeping myself fit, doing plenty of training. Um, we've been given training regime for, like, for goalkeepers specific-wise, what we should be doing with us, body itself, and what we should be doing like training-wise, so like kicking, handling, etc. Uh, I'd say like at the start of uh, the lockdown, I was doing more fitness-based stuff because... We never knew when the lockdown was going to end. So there would be no point in doing your ball work as soon as, if you get me, as soon as like the lockdown yeah, that, happens. That makes you sense, wouldn't, yeah. You, would, you wouldn't exactly know when it was going to be lifted. So I was just trying to keep myself in tip-top shape, basically. And yeah. just like past month or so, been put in, I'd be like really dropped off with the fitness stuff and started getting the balls out as, you could say yeah. the lockdown's getting easier, but you never know. So, yeah. I've seen some of your videos, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, your... Uh, your Ross is keeping you busy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's been hard to be fair. Like with him, not exactly being a coach, and we just throw things together, and it's been it's been good actually. Yeah. It's been some it's been something new to like come out with that high standard of training and everything, just to drop your standards a bit lower, just to go on a field, couple of balls, a couple of cones. Yeah. But it does bring you back down to earth, really. Is that your way of seeing as a rubbish coach? <laughs> not really. No, he's actually. <laughs> It's not that bad to be fair. Oh, good stuff. Um, do you have like a uh, club? Uh, do they ring you? Are you doing? Do, do you have Zoom calls? I know some clubs uh, are, like train together, aren't they? I've I've seen it on social media. Yeah, well, funnily, like funnily, we've got a Zoom call tomorrow morning. This is his first one, cause us scholars who got them at Christmas, we're going to be obviously going to the under 18s next season. So I think tomorrow's just a bit of team bonding, really. To get to know other players and if I become more comfortable with them, obviously like under 16 football to under 18 is a big step up, really. So definitely, Good if stuff. anything, it's just just, ready to get yeah, it's just like yeah, 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 just just getting familiar with the uh, other lads that are going to be in the same side yeah, as you, me, really. For, exactly. So like me personally, like this season, I've played up with the 18s. So once you play up with the 18s, they welcome you like very well, and you easily get to know certain players more than others so like it does help if you're played up because they can help you settle in easier yeah because they already kind of know you yeah 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 exactly that have they uh have they scrapped the the youth team's uh seasons then or is it have you got Uh, yeah yeah uh i think as soon as the 
professionals were done, they basically just shut down the academy ones straight away. So they were thinking, like, there were one Saturday morning, like, where they had Chef Wednesday, and they were going to have it, like, behind closed doors. But as soon as the professionals done, like, nah, that's it, it's done. So it's been tough on the under-18s, actually, because they were doing really well. So I, for, I, as I expect for, like, the rest of the under-18 teams, like, it was hard for them to finish as well, especially, like, Wigan, who were top at league. Yeah. And the FA Youth Cup as well, which obviously Leeds got that title as well. That's <laughs> like, a short goes, isn't it? <laughs> so it just must have been an ad on every football team, really. I suppose but, it's like in, in them youth teams, it's it's massive for development, isn't it? And getting yeah, in it. yeah. Like with Barnsley as well, as you probably all, all three know, it's big for producing youth. And yeah. a lot of our, a lot of our players are doing really well. They push, they're like the trainer with the first team regular, like week in week out. We've got players going on the bench for the first team, so it is it is hard because them players who are going up to train with the first team, that's just ending. And like next season, the manager might bring in new players, and they might not be like in that environment anymore. So yeah, because you you obviously had um, an an obvious and clear progression path, didn't you? And yeah, something yeah. to aim for, but because everything's paused, I guess you won't won't really quite know where you stand. Because well, because nobody does do the really at the minute. No, not really. No. It's like with the like. With Barnsley, you never like academy. You never know what's going to happen. Like for me, like as a sixteen-year-old, you never know. Like the goalkeeper coach is very close with like the younger goalkeepers as well. So like you never know. Like one day you might be up on the first team grass training. It's just with Barnsley, it's just a constant cycle of producing youth, really. Mm. How do they let you know then? Sorry, how how do they let you know then? So, so if for example you're going to be training with a different group, do they let you know day before or? Sometimes it's a case that you get a text, like personally, like, to tell you. Or sometimes when you go to the building, they'll just come to you straight away and tell you. Right. It's just, it's just, a, it's just simple, really. But then, like when, when you get told that, you are just doing like little flips. You're like, oh god, I didn't know this. And, like you're not really, pre- you're not really prepared yourself for that kind of step up. Sometimes well, people, people react different, don't they? A lot of people. Yeah, yeah. People. There's some, there's some people like with a strong mentality will thrive with that, and then there's others like they're like worry about making a mistake or something but I think when you go up to the first team I think they'll look at your mental strength and if you can cope with the pressure of playing with professional footballers top championship footballers well well yeah because they say don't they it's not it's not just about raw talent is it you've got to have the correct mindset and stuff like that so been many many good players that have fallen by the wayside, because they couldn't act with pressure and they couldn't deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. as you see, like, with, like, for example, like, Liverpool, their youngsters, what they play in cup teams. So, if you think about it, like, last season, Liverpool won the Champions League, and then the next season, Klopp's playing a, f- like, a full, like, base like, under-17 team against Aston Villa in an EFL Cup quarter-final. So, if you, think remember, of yeah. those, if you think of those players' <clears throat> mental strength for the age for a, a man... Like Clopper's like managerial stature, he must have some belief in them players that they have a good mentality and they, obviously they have the talent to oh, play in and a game of that got, magnitude. Yeah, and that's got to be a massive confidence boost for them as yeah. well. So it's complimenting them because they can believe they can make it to the first team. Yeah, if definitely. Klopp's, if Klopp's seen them play, he must have thoughts in his mind of how they could fit into the team or come into the squad. Yeah. So, so I, I'll. I'll uh, it, that in mind, then, uh, how does the first team coach? Uh, how much? How much does he know about individual players in your age group? Does he get 
do they do like regular briefings? Do they generally come and watch or? Uh, I think like something like Saturday mornings if we're at home. Obviously, like managers will probably get there quite early, so a lot of them staff come down to watch games. So I think that's your chance to really impress. Like the yeah. manager, since I've been this season, since the new managers come in, I'm, I don't think he's really come and watched a lot of our games. I think he's more like in his office on match days. But like yeah. the other manager, like Stendhal, he used to come and watch games. And then we had a few players who came from the under 18 squad and went on pre season training camp with the first team and got played. So that's yeah. what that's what the other manager Stendhal was like. So, so there's no it, set routine then? Yeah, 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 definitely. I suppose so, the, cur- the current manager's just in a short-term mode at the minute, trying to keep them up. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's what it is, yeah. I think that the amount of work that he's done so far has been good. Obviously, the bottom of the league, but I think the way Barnsley are playing right now, I don't think they deserve to be in that position. I think they picked up some good results. I think yeah. That's the thing, though, like, with Barnsley, like, a lot of people will say, oh, the bottom of the league, they're shocking. But then if you come and watch Barnsley play, they're, they're actually the complete opposite. They play some really good football. I think it's just... Yeah, I've seen them play a couple of times this season, actually. I think it's season, just more, more, looks, more looks on the other team's side. I think they've just had this, like, the luck this season to obviously get out of the drop zone. Yeah, it's just not dropped for them in final third, no, and it's no, gone against no. them in in their own final in their yeah, own yeah. third, haven't they? I've I've seen a few times and quite a few times I've seen them and they've beat better side and ended up losing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good but, stuff, fellas. Good stuff. Right, Kieran, I'm going to take you back from the very very beginning uh, when you first started playing. <clears throat> so, to my knowledge, you first started playing at five, six year old, yeah. Yeah, def- yeah, five. Um, five. This, this, I don't know this coach whether well, he had at the beginning. I, I heard he were very, very good, but <laughs> I've heard opposite. I haven't even top class. That's just what I've heard on Grapevine. But anyway, obviously playing then, and uh, you were a midfielder back then, uh, yeah, which yeah. for people that don't know you, um, to to get obviously into a goalkeeping uh, position now. Um, signed for Barnsley at nine. Am I right? Yeah, nine. Yeah, been there since I was eight. So that was like when we were in the like, Yeah, you were training, you training here before. You know, yeah, yeah. Main question I'm going to ask you, mate, is uh, that feeling when you first signed? That, uh, obviously, you're, you're a big Barnsley fan. Yeah. How, how did that feel? It was, in fact, it's a privilege to play for like your boy up club. Like you, from there being like training, you didn't know if like what was going to happen. For me, if I didn't get signed, I'd have just gone back to Sunday League and kept on trying to progress and hopefully get somewhere else. But Signing for Barnsley, it was just it was brilliant. Like once you get to know the facilities and all the coaches, and obviously getting offered a contract, you couldn't really turn it down. Yeah, but it didn't feel real, did it? Um, not really. But then you just think when you play for Barnsley, it's just another football match. Really, like from playing with South Kirby at eight, then that's the hook to academy football. At a young age, you don't really see like the quality step up. You just see players your age playing oh. football. Yeah, well, yeah, I see what you mean. You just want to play, don't you, at that age? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> and then, go on, sorry, mate, keep going. But the thing is, like, I came, I obviously, Kirby is a midfielder, but when I played, my first season at Barnsley as an under nine, I was I put at right back, and obviously me left-footed. Like, that's the thing, that's the thing with Barnsley, they just want to, they want to change as a, like, as a player, but yeah. Does that happen with a lot of academy teams? Well, I know you, know, you won't know other academy teams, but... From people I've spoke to on outside, they do tend to, obviously, like you, like you said, you played in midfield, but they tend to probably play in 
a lot of different positions to get you acclimatised to academy football. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like when you like there's players like a lot of players who I know like we always speak me and my teammates about like oh he plays there but when we play against him he's playing he's not playing that position he's playing another position so our thought process for him personally what problems he could cause literally changes and we have no idea. Suppose yeah. it's putting people out of their comfort zones and seeing yeah. how. I think that's as well as I trying that, to improve. I think that's what they have to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mental like, thing as well, I suppose, yeah. to an extent. It's because like, how many times? Sorry. Go on, go on, go on. That's no, fine. Go on. Yeah, because it's so. Uh, like how many times? Like I know it likes at, at, at grassroots level. You'll you'll say to one of the kids, you'll say, "I'm going to try uh, um, centre half today," and they'll some of them will be like, "Oh." Yeah. And some yeah, will yeah. be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, okay." So it depends, doesn't it? But then. For me, as a case of that, you can't say no, can you? If you want to no. play, you play, you play wherever you get put, oh, don't you? So absolutely, you've got to do yeah. a job. Like I don't even think it's that. Like you do it, you don't do it for yourself. You do it for the team. Your team needs to say you play there and try and do the best job as you can. Yeah, that, yeah. If you have a bad game, then I'm sure. Like if it's a good coach, they'd understand the playing you out of position. So as long as you've tried, I don't think they can really complain. No, not not really. And at the end of the day, they're putting you. From my point of view, you know, they're putting you in that position because they think that potentially your attributes might suit that position. Yeah, it's just trust, and, really. They trust you to play that position. Yeah. I don't. I won't see like getting played out of position as a negative. I'm thinking, well, the same. I'm liking my position. They're trying to try me in a different position, so it's a compliment to you as yeah. a player because you've got so much different attributes that you can put on offer. Yeah, exactly like you said. You can you can't think of it as an individual. You've got to think well. <clears throat> The, the the coach thinks that um, I would be able to help the team out in this position, even though it's not my normal position. So yeah, you've got to take it as a compliment, really. Yeah, yeah. You build. What what were he like when he first came in? What sort of like did he have talent straight away? Could you see he had that sort of talent? Um, to be honest with you, and I when, hope he doesn't mind me saying this, it didn't come out straight away. No, no, it, def- it definitely didn't. Do you, admit, do you admit that? Yeah, yeah. For me, like as a five-year-old, I used to kick ball around at garden. Then, when you know my sister Emma, she came at garden saying, "You're going for a training session." I'm just like, I don't, I don't think I'm ready, really. Like yeah. it did, it didn't come straight away, really. No, I, felt, I don't think it did. So it's like it was like going to a new school, really. Like obviously, yeah. I knew, the, I, I obviously knew the kids like there, but then there they've been doing it for quite a while. I'm just going into it. Now. Yeah, I, just, I, I didn't have a clue. A bit later, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember now. Uh, but no, and then I don't know. There's something. I think once we started uh, playing games and stuff, and then we got you into that settled position, you seem to just like say you can't. I think you were probably practicing more, probably when yeah, you were definitely. training. Um, so and then that was it. I think it just obviously technically you were, you were always good, and then it was just a case of you just the more games you played, um, the better you got. Yeah, I think it was a case as well because our team got it. Well, like me as my age, then there were like older players such as like yeah, Robert Tommy yeah, and played, obviously. Played, yeah, you did. I played so, it. if anything as well as like a five-year-old going six, you had to watch as much football as you could. Yeah, like that's really important as like my part of my development. I looked up to players like for my position centre mid, like Steven Gerrard, and like there were no really like better player to learn off than him. So he t- tips on his game put him into yours he just tried to improve off that really yeah no, I, I agree um, yeah because obviously like so going back to when you did play there 
the only thing I personally felt that you didn't have were, were pace. Really? Um, exactly. Really? Yeah, that, if I'm <laughs> honest. Yeah. I thought uh, you had everything you, else apart from at pace. A young, at a young age, like, I was small, wasn't I? That... No, but you were taller than everybody else, but you were... Yeah, that, that's... I thing. think you were, it was, it were like athletically fit, even at that yeah, age. Because yeah. you were tall, you were strong, you were good in air, you were good on ball. But I don't know maybe what size of pitches you didn't quite I think, be able to I think show my, it. I don't know. I think my pace came as years gradually went on. Yeah, like you only were like so you were only with me for nearly two like, years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't see it after, much after that. So yeah. But I think sometimes, like you said, pace you don't necessarily have it straight away. It might be something you as you grow, but uh, you were growing yeah. enough anyway. So I think yeah. that uh, it's probably that dynamic power more than pace. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. well, the athletic athletic qualities of people, uh, 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 players, are not always fully... But different players, different kids develop at different stages, don't yeah. they? Yeah, that's the thing, like, with professionals now, like, when you see young kids coming through, for me, a, a player that I look at, I feel like he's not physically ready for the Premier League, is Phil Foden. Like, you look at him compared to every other player, like, you'd surely see... He's not physically ready, but he has the talent on the ball. Yeah, so it, it looks like he should still be doing the paper yeah. round, doesn't he? <laughs> you can't it does. Really com- you can't really complain like with the talent he has on the ball. You, you won't you put can... him up like against like Van Dyke in a physical battle because it just won't be there for him, would it? He just don't. He just no. don't look physically ready to compete in the Premier League. You can tell he's one of them players that's just going to go away one summer once he's sort of making regular first team appearances, and he's going to come back bulked up and yeah. I think he need, I think he needs a season away. Yeah. I think he needs a season away to get games under his belt. Yeah. Then that's then that's when he knows he can really kick on and push to Man City's first team. I, I think he'll get more games next season because yeah. um, Silver's retiring. Gary Silver's uh, yeah retiring or well I don't know if he's retiring but he's leaving Man City, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I think Pep said so much, hasn't he? But I think a run of games will definitely be good for him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Right. Nice one, guys. Uh, something I just want to briefly touch upon with you, And uh, when um, obviously you moved to the moved your position, didn't it, as a goalkeeper? What was it around yeah. 13, 14? It was, it was nearly 13, but it started in under 12s. Right. I just want so to the, ask you, mate, um, because I remember talking uh, to your Ross, I'd not seen him for ages, and he said, Oh, Ark Evans playing at goalkeeper. And I, at first, I originally first thought I was like, Wow. What's going off here? Uh, <laughs> because technically, obviously, on the ball, it was around the t- reason I'm asking because it was around the time where Pep Guardiola coming at Man City and uh, he didn't fancy Joe Hart um, yeah, yeah. for that particular reason. Obviously, you're as good as anybody I've seen in terms of technically on the ball. So I'm just the reason I'm asking it. How did it come about with the coaches? Did what? Um, it was interesting, really. Like it just seemed like years ago. Like from when I was sat there as an under twelve. Uh, in under nines, we used to do two five-a-side games indoor. And we all, only had one keeper, so the other team had to have a goalkeeper who were an outfield player who used to chop and change. And if you think of five-a-side, it's not a, a long ball game, is it? It's more playing out from the back, playing from yeah. the thirds. And funny, I used to play like on the local park, and I used to go in goal, and I wasn't that bad. But then when you play five-a-side, I was playing out of my feet and everything. I just felt like I was an outfield player. Yeah. And as it all gradually pro- like progressed through the years, I was sat... I-, I came in for one training session and the coach was like, got me and my dad for a meeting and we just didn't know what was going on. And then they went, 
would like you to play in goal. And to cut like a long story short, when me and my dad like got home, we had a conversation about it, and they asked us like what we think about it. And I I said to him, why not? Why not try something new? But uh, they said to us it was going to be a dual role, so we're going to play some games outfield and some games in goal. And it got to like three quarters through the season, I wasn't playing outfield as much as I wanted to, because I found it really difficult. Like as you like imagine playing from outfield at the age of five until under 12s and you're not playing in your like where you feel comfortable really on a football pitch yeah because like like sorry because like you said previously growing up you'd be watching you're playing in midfield you'd be watching Steven Gerrard then all of a sudden you're playing in net so you're not looking to him you're looking to somebody else yeah exactly like I was playing in the under 12s like centre back left back so then I was watching tapes of Marcelo or John Terry or yeah. tips like that but then near the end of the season I was watching tapes of Joe Hart it was just a it was just like a constant cycle really from moving positions so it, it was tough it was tough really like that transition from outfield to goalkeeper like goalkeeper it's a new world it's like you're loneliest in your area it was just oh, it was scary it was, it was scary like as a 12 year old because you were scared of making mistakes what, what about your training then as a goalkeeper I, I... Because obviously goalkeeper training is going to be different to an outfield player's training. Yeah. So is this, is, this, is this now or back then? I mean, I, I mean now. So, so now. in terms of your training. So is your is your training as a goalkeeper? Do you still spend the majority of the the time training in the same group as the outfield players, or do you spend uh, a lot of time separately? And what sort of balance is it? So at the start of the week, it's more. Uh, goalkeepers based sessions so like with the other goalkeepers but yeah. as you move further down the week you become more involved with a team so oh, such right, as yeah. what they're going to what other teams are going to bring to you in the weekend so the start of the week it's just more about getting the balls out getting your hands going really it's, yeah. but it's, ch- it's changed a lot now it's more player metrics jumping now because you've got to become as a goalkeeper an all round athlete yeah just a quick one mate um, from obviously from the 13, 14s when you well when you started in the net to coming up to like what 16s that you've been now. Yeah, yeah. Do you see a difference in terms of the intensity of games training? Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, with the games, like obviously, as you'd imagine, the quality under 16s is sky high, absolutely sky high. There's like players playing international level, playing against dozens. Like they do things on a football pitch, you're just like, how how have you saw that? How have you done that? It's just like we're training like high standards, low bars are a high pressing team. And on Mondays, we play on Saturdays, and on Mondays, we are running for 12 straight minutes of, in a warm up. It's that intense. And then we're, on the Monday, most of the time with the squad, we're prepping for what the team's going to bring to us on a Saturday. It's just for bars like with us it's a constant cycle of trying to progress and trying to win football matches uh, how do you do that then prep prep for a particular opponent do this do they sit you down in a room and show you videos of them or, or get tactics board uh, out or yeah well the tactics board it more comes out on a saturday really but like that's the right thing with a clip so like when i played up with the 18s on the saturday they used to give us like they used to put clips on the board and we used to look at their set pieces, so where they yeah. position themselves, what kind of area the ball are going to. But, like, our coaches are very good 
as analysts herself as like as well as coaches coaching us what they're going to bring to us so yeah. they're constantly sat through the week watching get back games of the other team getting shapes getting players and then they bring it all to us and it's our job to like implement them stuff on the pitch yeah what, what I found uh, amazing Kieran uh, when you come and play that charity game uh, against my team last year yeah yeah uh, the amount of coaches and uh, like people that helped um, that particular team yeah uh, it's that advanced nowadays, isn't it? I'm presuming there were physios, yeah, uh, assistant coaches. Is it, do they have like nutritionists or what? What, uh, what other backup yeah. people do we have? Oh, yeah, we do have nutritionists. Yeah, we have sport. We have sports scientists who kind of are our nutritionists. Yeah, as it's their job to obviously tell us everything that we need to know to become. A, a professional. Do they, match, do they come to match days, or do they just? Uh, they yeah, the sports the sports scientists. Yeah, they do all our warm ups and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with a char- with a charity game, there was like six or seven coaches there. But like a few years back, we only have sometimes we only used to have like one coach, and then we used to play against like Premier like Premier League sides like Everton. And they used to have like three or four coach on the sideline, and I think now with Barnsley. We wanted to make that progression of bringing players through that we need more coaches to do yeah. that, and I think they've they've done that brilliantly over the years. Nice so academies have have they have academies and the graded, aren't they? Yeah, we have categories. So obviously, category one, your Premier League clubs, but there might be a few Championship clubs who are financially good enough to be in yeah. category one. Whereas like Barnsley, Leeds, Wednesday, etc., we're in category two. So yeah. we have we have that category two pedigree, but we just don't quite have that category one pedigree to yeah. If anything, match the facilities and everything. Through, don't they though? They bring a lot of players through them. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You've you think you've just got to meet certain criteria, haven't you? Yeah, that that's that's what it is. Definitely the facilities. Yeah. The coaching, the staff, it's just everything. Is there any to one. Is there any particular facilities that you've been to and you just thought? That you played away from home, obviously, that you thought, wow. Uh, Everton Finch Farm, that is yeah. that is unbelievable. Like, obviously, I went to on to Man City, and that was just a whole new world. That was just a different planet. But when we went to Everton, they had everything. It was incredible. And for us, like going, like sixteen, still young, and us going to like Everton away and seeing what their players have at that age, it spurs you on to become a professional. And you can kick on to that level where you can have all of that and have no worries about anything. Nice one. Another one I'm going to ask you, mate. Um, is there anybody that you've played against um, or you've thought same or you've looked at and thought, wow? We have played against. There's a few ones, actually. It was actually another Everton striker to be familiar with. We played him last season. He's called Rafael Garcia. He was striker, small, quick, and he tore us apart. It was just something that I've never seen before. Like he was just, he had good like low centre of gravity and everything. He could do everything. Obviously, we're playing in goal now. Is it? Do you have, do you have a particular favourite goalkeeper that you like at the moment, professional? Oh, so like, when I was first going in goal, I used to like Joe Axe. I think he used to be like incredible shot stopper a few years ago before. Obviously, we'll let go by City, but now it's more like 
they're the same kind of goalkeeper. It's Edison and Allison. Like I think what they do with the ball at feet is my playing style, way I play. So I, I'm trying to watch her as much as I can to take tips off of them to what yeah. I can take into my game at a weekend. That's definitely the way it's going now with yeah, it is. goalkeepers. Yeah, it's just, it's, just, it's just something new. It's just the whole dimension of goalkeeping has changed. I think if you ne- no manager wants to buy a goalkeeper who can't use their feet because no. the way the game's changed, it's scary for how it was a few years ago to what it yeah. is now. It's just, the, it's just a new game. They play like sweepers in some instances, don't they? When you yeah. see them, really. I think like... that's what I, I think that's what I enjoy though. When, yeah. when like when you're this like when the ball gets played over the top of the strikers, licking his lips, thinking it's on goal, but then they see the keeper coming out to clear it. You see like the expression on the face that like, you denied them a goal scoring opportunity. It's satisfying to see that you are doing well, a job for the team. Well, it's like, I would imagine it's well, it's a goalkeeper's equivalent of scoring a goal, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Oh, there's, not, oh, there's not many that um, there's not many that cry to turn a, a striker like you did in that charity game. <laughs> I don't know why I do it. I don't know why I cause um, why you do I do that as well? Or what? Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it ends up it back in there. You'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I cause the coaches and parents on the sideline all the heart attacks. But once it, once you do it and then you, you get rid of it, you just feel relief. But if out, then you think, what have I just done? <laughs> so do the coaches tell you not to do that then or do they just if anything let you make mistakes and I think they let you do what you want it's like when they tell us like when they, we go on the football pitch they tell us to express ourselves so I think that's expressing yourself in a yeah. weird way as a goalkeeper like as, as an outfield player you wouldn't get told off for doing that really would you but no. as, a goal, as a goalkeeper <laughs> now I, I don't think it's a shock to many people that goalkeepers do that now where the game has changed I think it's just they're seen as an outfair player too, so why can't they do that? Well, yeah. It's showing confidence as well, isn't it? If you're yeah. really able to attempt that. In, yeah, in I think when you do it and execute it, you think, I can keep doing this. As long as I don't do it every time and I mix my game up, this can be a good trick to use. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Anyway, uh, next thing I want to ask you, mate, um, is about your, your England experience. Um, yeah, yeah. Basically, how did it, how did it happen? Uh, what kind of training was it? Um, and obviously, what the honour of getting called up, how did that feel? Obviously, privileged to be called up for your country. Like, for enough, I was sat in school, I was in a science lesson, and I had my phone in my pocket, in my blazer pocket, and my phone was going mad. There were calls. I had my ringer on, and my teachers threatened to take my, like, my phone off me if I didn't turn <laughs> my ringer off. I was spamming like 20 phone calls, messages, and everything. And I thought something really bad happened. It's not until I got out of class and I saw my message that I got called up for England, I like, realised right what it was. Uh, Ross, my mum, my mum were messaging me, uh, Ross were messaging me. It oh, was so just... they get in contact <laughs> with them before you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it was my goalkeeper coach. He got told first, and he wasn't supposed to tell anyone, but he couldn't hide his excitement. <laughs> it, he wouldn't uh, uh, rush straight away, then he passed the news on to our parents. And when I was in school, I got told it. I literally told every person I saw. I was so shocked. I was like, uh, "I've just been called up for England." It was just, it was just like an unreal experience. So like, I'm going down to St George's Park, England's first team facility, and meeting all the staff. What the England first team have, and you're just like, I'm watching these players and staff on YouTube, and now I'm sat at St George's Park with them. It was it just like, I was it. going down in my Barnsley tracksuit, and there's like goalkeepers from Man City and Spurs. 
in their proper swanky tracksuits and I'm just sitting in a Barnsley tracksuit. I bet some of them goalkeepers and even Barnsley Football Club were. It must be it must have been a surreal experience then, really. Yeah, it definitely was. Like the facilities, like I talked about Everton, but those facilities, it was just it were diff- it were like three times bigger than Everton's facilities. Like I didn't have it like it were like being in a new school again. Like you just didn't have a clue where you were, where to go, who to talk to. It was just something I want to experience again and never experienced before. How long were you there for? Ooh, three three days we had in those three days we had five sessions right what do the classes then it's like is it a development squad right uh, it, was, it was the men's goalkeeper camp so the youngest goalkeeper there was 15 and the oldest was 20 so obviously like this they split you into like groups based on age as well so you can imagine like the 19 20 year olds in the group 15 16 in the group yeah good stuff um, is there anything you'd like to add, boys? Um, well, just a couple of, uh, of things, really. So, in in your own game, yeah. based on um, your own match match day experiences and what your your coaches have said, or based on other goalkeepers that you've been watching, do you think you've got any particular areas that where you where you need to improve? Uh. Yeah, I think you can improve all at the time, but there's one particular like area. Like, so I'm left footed, but I always want to improve my right. So yeah. when I right, when my right foot, I feel like I've worked I've, since lockdown. I've I've hammered my right foot. Well, that, that, hammered, yeah, I've literally hammered my right foot like we're training every day. Because yeah, like, I suppose best way of get, uh, improving it is to force yourself to use it really yeah definitely like in games like you're not going to have that luxury to just switch onto your left foot all the time in games like with a standard and the pace what the game is now you're going to be closed down straight away yeah definitely and I always remember and Gareth Bale tell, Gareth Bale tells a story all the time about when he was playing for his school team is yeah, um, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Is, you know, yeah, you know which one I'm on about yeah and the his teacher, uh, teacher yeah. told him that he was banned yeah. from using his left foot yeah, and forced him to use his right. I think that's so, something like they do with our trainers as well. Like sometimes they make you just kick with your weak foot. Yeah, because they're taking you out of comfort zone. But then the mentality is like, if you get it wrong, what's your reaction going to be to that? Yeah, no, that's good. Nice one. Um, right, just to kind of finish up, mate. Um, obviously, current situation, you're playing in the under 18s. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not obviously asking too much about you your contract situation or anything like that, but um, what's it looking like for the future? Are you on a contract now? Is it, is it a scholarship? Uh, yes, yeah, scholar for two years. When does that run out? When does it run out? It runs out 20, I think end of the 2022 season. Oh, right. oh so you've got quite a while then. Yeah. Oh, oh he's just trying to sign you for his side, mate. <laughs> <laughs> He knows. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I'm quite available for that. Oh, no. no. I'll have to bring uh, Mr. Struber up. <laughs> I'll uh, But anyway, mate, um, basically, obviously, the main thing I want to ask you really is obviously, your ambi- what's your ambition? Is that what your time frame? Do you think how quickly you can get into a first team? Do you reckon maybe a, a loan ex- experience may come next year or two? Uh, I think when we go into the new season, um, if I can hopefully get the number one shirt and play 
up until Christmas, I think they're on about getting me out on loan. All right. To maybe like non-league. Yeah. So that'd be a good experience that, that, for that you. Be, yeah, I'm gonna say that'd be a very good experience. Like as a me going, like I'd be 17 going into non-league professional like men's football. It'd be very yeah, good definitely. for me. Yeah, yeah, it could be a, yeah, it could be a good thing. Um, they still got that tie with uh, Frickley, Barnsley. I'm not sure, really. I think I think it's dropped off. Like a few years ago, when I was first going in goal, we were tied with it a lot. There were a lot of players coming from Frickley yeah. to Barnsley. Some like, if, young Barnsley players if, going to Frickley. I don't know if that were when uh, old Frickley manager were there because he used to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the the old donor as well. I think. Yeah. They sorted that out. Mm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, anything else you want to add, fellas? I I was just gonna. Say like sort of what what does he enjoy? Obviously, me being a goalkeeper, what does he enjoy about being a keeper? Basically, now, if anything, I, I think <laughs> it's the feeling. I think it's the feeling when you know you've had a good game and your team win. Yeah, I think that as you probably know, being a goalkeeper yourself, there's more bad what come with the good. So not every game you're gonna have a blind. Uh, is when I'm in that, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, think, I think his best feeling, Ox, is knowing that he's half your age and he's twice as good. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, fair play to him. Like, fair play. <laughs> do you, mean, do you mean 20 times as good? <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Twice <laughs> down the good. I was going to No, but you've got, to, you've got to feel sorry for Ox because he had me and you uh, in front of him, Wig. Well, I know, to be fair, he didn't get peppered. To be honest, I've never had a good defence in front of me. No. I always wonder what could have been if I did have. Exactly. You, yeah. well, game you wouldn't even know Boozer playing in defence anyway. You were too busy up front <laughs> trying to poach goals. <laughs> Good yeah. stuff. Um, uh, just, just one more thing I, I, I want to ask. And I know we kind of touched on briefly on first team coaches and how it filters down. But um, do, do, you, do you tend to. Obviously, you've been at Barnsley while there have been um, changes in the coach at yeah. first team. So. Does does the way that that coach want the style that that coach wants to play does that get filtered down into the younger age groups? Yeah, that's so, the philosophy. Yeah, that's the philosophy. Like where whatever the first team play, the academy play really. So yes, so that I then, think he sees that and sees like what plays he can bring through to the first team yeah. really. Yeah, so, so that then if somebody does yeah. get given an opportunity in the first team, it's just all about they know what to do really, before yeah. they're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, mate, uh, for I can think, and obviously I've just seen the news um, regarding restart of uh, of the championship, uh, also yeah. on 20th of June. Um, How is it fixed for for your your guys' games uh, in terms of leagues? Or I know you. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think it's done to be honest. Is it just done? I think it's done to be honest. Yeah. Do you not get back into tra- we not get into training? Uh, probably, I don't think so. Probably no. not. I think I think they're looking for us about. August, I oh, think. Okay. just going into the new season, really. So when would you normally start? Sorry, um, start for us going into the under it's start of July, I'm sure, as pre season, right? So, quite a while then, isn't it? Yeah, to... so this is for this is for us, it's just something new. Like the amount of time we've had off, we'll never have again. Yeah, no, are you on, are you on like a strict diet as well? Or... Um, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> Maybe we should be, but we're not. I think kids are you kids given a plan, like a plan we stuff to follow. Uh, yeah, the gears it most of the time. I think in under 18s, I think they'll be more stricter with oh, it. But yeah. with that, us at like 16, they know what 16 year olds are like. You know what they eat. Mm. 
It's not obviously yeah. good, is it? But well, I think they know. It's a good job you're not an Oxley's diet. He's on two because why not one more filling? Right. Any more, fellas? No, I think that's everything. Yeah. Right. We'll leave it there then. So anyway, um, hope everybody's enjoyed listening. Um, Kieran, thanks ever so much, mate. For no problem. Yeah. Thanks very much, mate. You've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Brilliant. Good stuff. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Um. And then uh, hopefully you'll uh, hear us again. So thank you and goodbye. See you next yeah. time, folks. Bye. Bye. I can't help but live in the moment. The Fatback 3 podcast every Monday at 4 p.m.